Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that confuses the Atlantic and the coastal. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who's as thick as A.J. Dillon. Yeah, that's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother, who's as thick as James Blackman. (laughs) Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's Trey Newman. (laughs) All right. It is officially preview season from now until week zero. Every episode is going to be looking ahead to the 2019 season. So make sure you're subscribed and be sure to follow us on Instagram at College Football Bros on Twitter at CFB Bros. And of course, on Facebook, facebook.com slash college football bros. All right, let's get into it. So it's ACC week this week. This episode's about the Atlantic. In a couple days, we'll be back with the Coastal. So let's get it started with a segment we like to call Call Me Crazy But. Ryan, go ahead. Okay, call me crazy, but I think that Cam Akers will f- finish the season as the leading rusher in the ACC. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's a bold prediction. I realized that, you know, you got Travis Etienne, who's probably the far and away the favorite, and the guy you already mentioned, who's like me, A.J. Dillon. Yep. yep. Uh, some some leading candidates there. But Cam Akers, I just think that with with Bryles coming in there, what he did a couple years ago at FAU without really a quarterback throw, being able to throw the ball, he had Devin Singletary running wild all over the place, having a huge, huge year. And he's just got a proven track record of good success on the ground. So I think Cam Akers obviously has a ton of talent. We, he rushed for over a thousand yards as a true freshman. So we know he's capable. It's just whether or not the offensive line can pick up the pace. That's a big question mark, but yeah, I'm just thinking yeah. that they'll be get a lot better. And I, I, Bryles is going to stick with the run game. He knows how important it is. So I'm, I'm, that's call me crazy, guys. Yeah. I'm, I will oblige. You're crazy, Ryan. This is, <laughs> this is too bold. I mean, I'm high on Cam Akers as well, but the offensive line it's just it was so bad last year that even if it gets markedly better this year it's still well below average and Travis Etienne seems like a lock for me to get 1500 yards if he's healthy especially with kind of a less crowded backfield at Clemson this year Tavian Feaster transferring Adam Choice graduating he's going to get obviously the bulk of the carries him and Lynn J Dixon so that seems like a lock to uh to be more than Cam Akers and A.J. Dillon, you mentioned him, he only played 10 games last year and still had 1,100 yards. So Cam Akers, to me, is, is I guess, third on the list, but he's a distant third. Yeah, and and to your point, even if throw away every uh, uh, running back in the ACC, just, just Florida State alone, one, you mentioned the offensive line. Okay, so that's an issue. <laughs> Can't and, mention that enough, so yeah. And, and second of all, can I really trust either Blackman or maybe Hornybrook somehow wins the job to to kind of threaten the defense with his with their passing ability enough to to open up the lanes for the offense? I like I'm higher on Florida State than than last year, but I don't know if I'm high enough to say that Cam Akers will lead the ACC in rushing. Okay, so Ryan's crazy. Well, he's going to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, next up, call me crazy. But I think that our fourth brother, Wake Forest quarterback Jamie Newman, could end up being the second best quarterback in the ACC this year, behind, of course, Trevor Lawrence. So I realize that is bold as well, because he is currently in a legitimate competition with Sam Hartman, so he's not even guaranteed to be the starter. 
But I just really liked what I saw from him at the end of last year. He throws a really good deep ball. He ran for 5.7 yards per carry on non-sack rush attempts last year. So he's a great dual threat. I just think the upside is huge. And in a pretty weak year in the ACC for quarterback play, I think he's got a shot. So I'll say you're crazy. Uh, it's not outlandish, but I'm going to, I'm going to say crazy. I think, I just think the competition for second is, is too tough. You know, you could, you could look at guys like DeVito of Syracuse, maybe Blackman of Florida State that we talked about. Any of the Mike, Miami quarterbacks that win the job, uh, Nikosi Perry, Tate Martell, maybe the freshman Williams, and even a guy like R- Willis at Virginia Tech, you know, maybe Fuente bounces back the hokey offense. So I'm just, for those reasons, I'm going to say you're crazy. All right, Trey, there's a lot of disrespect in that answer for one particular guy that I was afraid you guys would mention, but let's see if Ryan brings him up. Well, yeah, I'm thinking there's, uh, Trey kind of brings up the point. He mentioned like four names, but I'm going to mention a couple other names. You got Quentin Harris and Bryce Perkins, who Trey didn't even mention. Bryce Perkins was the name that I was really afraid of. It's a complete toss up as to who could be number two. I mean, you know, two, I mean, not two, um, Trevor Lawrence is obviously number one. But I could see 10 guys being making a case for number two. So I'm going to say you're not crazy because it's wide, wide open. All right. Fair enough. Okay. So I'm going to I'm gonna get a little flack on this, but call me crazy. But I think Trevor Lawrence is a little overrated. I think you're a little overrated. So think, maybe a lot overrated. <laughs> all right. All right. Thank you. So I'm just I'm not ready to hand Trevor Lawrence... You know, all these national accolades, the ACC player of the year or whatnot. Yes, he'll be great. And yes, he'll put up numbers just because of Clemson's dominance. But he's being anointed as as one of the best ever by some prognostications. You know, let's slow our roll. Realize he had an incredible team around him last year. I- I'm not belittling his talent. The, the talent, his ceiling is is incredibly high. But I just want to see him play the whole season like he finished last year without one of the best defenses around him before I truly anoint him. Yeah, I'm going to say you're crazy here. I don't think he's uh, (laughs) overrated. I mean, he was being underrated uh, by me for sure for quite most of the season there. All I had to look at was the playoff run that they, he, he had and how spectacular he was. I, I know he had a lot of talent around him, but if you take a look at some of the throws he made, it was just ridiculous. I mean, I, he had great wide receivers for sure, but the, he w- he was placing balls just perfectly deep balls intermediate routes underneath he just can do it all so i don't think he's being overrated i think he's getting the the attention that he deserves yeah i think it's fair for people to already start talking about whether he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in college football history because we saw a lot from him last year and we saw what he did with that offense compared to Kelly Bryant. It's not as if right. it's not like a situation with where Kyler Murray followed up Baker Mayfield. And at first you're not quite sure how good he is because everyone just puts up monster numbers in that offense. I, I think we're more sure about Trevor Lawrence right now, but I'm actually not, I'm going to say you're not crazy only as it relates to Tua because the perception out there after their performances in the CFP championship is that you have to put Lawrence ahead of Tua And I disagree with that. I don't think you have to. It seems like people forgot that Tua had the highest pass efficiency rating in college football history last year, and he threw for three more yards per attempt than Trevor Lawrence. So I'm not saying Tua is definitely better than Lawrence, especially because Lawrence was only a true freshman, but it's at least a debate. Right. Yeah. Those two guys, one and two, you take your pick. Yeah, you can't go wrong. No. 
Okay, let's move into our tiered rankings. We've got three tiers here that we have to fit each team in the ACC Atlantic into. You've got the contenders, dark horses, and long shots to win the division. So let's start with the contenders, Ryan. Okay, so our first contender, and really our only contender, uh, is Clemson. Their over-under is being set at 11.5 right now, and the under uh, is the favorite at minus 135. So do you think Clemson's going to go undefeated? That's just the question here that they're asking you, and it's hard to say, hard to pick a team to go undefeated, but yeah, their schedule looks pretty weak. But we all know their offense is incredible with all the skill talent they have coming back. The offensive line looks pretty potent again coming back this year. So I'm just going to kind of gloss over that since it's pretty well known. I'm just going to stick to the defense. And the major concern is, of course, the front seven, how much they lose up up front. Uh, they really just Isaiah Simmons comes back from uh, from that part, and he's kind of more of a hybrid linebacker types type safety. He's very good, but uh, that's a lot of talent to lose. Even though they do lose do lose a lot of talent, they do have a ton coming back. Guys, they they rotated quite a bit last year, so their DNs have some experience. Xavier Thomas and Justin Foster, we saw them. They're good. Um, their secondaries, their safeties really are set with Tanner Muse and Kevon Wallace. They're they're really good and. AJ Terrell, there's there's good corner. So I think they're going to be really, really good. It just might take them a while to gel on that side of the ball. Yeah, I agree. Um, so Ryan, you going your... you going under then or? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to say they slip up somewhere just because just because of the defense. All right. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I like where you were. Uh, what you're talking about with Clemson here because I'm. I see, I have the same viewpoint. Uh, they're now at the point where Alabama got to a few years back where no matter the year and no matter the personnel losses, they're able to just replace the, the guys with other great talent without a major hiccup. The difference for Clemson though, Ryan, you touched on was that front seven, but it's not like, you know, they lose pretty much the entire front seven, but it's not like Venables has nothing to work with. So they'll right. be they'll be just fine, especially given the fact that the ACC is they'll be able to kind of ease their way through it, most likely. Right. And, and they can kind of <laughs> gel as the season goes along. Now, the offense, you didn't really you kind of glossed over it, Ryan, but they they return a bunch The the offensive line. They return a bunch of starts. They they lose all American Hyatt, but outside of that, they'll be they'll be just fine. We right. all know about Lawrence and Etienne and um, Michael. You can probably touch on some of the other guys, but it's uh, hard yeah, for me. T. Higgins, Justin Ross, just had to bring up those names if we have a couple of guys. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty good. They're, they're <laughs> decent. Um, but similar to you, Ryan, it's hard for me to say someone's going to go undefeated. A lot of things can happen, so. I'll take the under 11 and a half, but 11 and one in the ACC title. Yep. No worries. Yeah, I think really the the biggest question mark for Clemson this year is whether they're number one, whether it's them or Alabama. And kind of like with the, the quarterbacks, it's, it's hard really to go wrong there. Trey, you brought up that schedule. Phil Steele has it as the 59th toughest schedule out of 64 Power 5 teams. So, yeah. And they're that gonna, includes Texas A&M and South Carolina in the non-conference. So true. I, yeah, what does that tell you about the ACC? Exactly. And they drew the easiest teams from the from the coastal. So yeah, it's uh, very favorable. Their closest point spread is that Texas A and M game, and it's sixteen points. That's crazy. That's nuts. It is nuts. Let me ask you this: What do you guys think the betting market right now has as the implied percentage chance of Clemson to make the playoff? And it's more than Alabama, which I think makes sense because yeah, because <laughs> SEC West is so hard. 
Right. Right. Uh, wow. Um, I'm going to go with like uh, 75. Okay. Try to take over or under. <laughs> That's a good number. I My first inclination was 70. All right. So it's 76%. Ooh, wow. <laughs> Very good, Ryan. Very good. Thank you. Which has got to be one of the highest we've had in the playoff era. Hard to imagine I mean, I, it's ever been higher. Yeah. Um, but like you guys, I'm still going to go under just because things happen. I don't know. There could be that Syracuse game, that pit game. Who knows? I'll, I'll just say someone yep. comes up and, and beats them. But, but yeah, they're, they're going to be pretty good. Yeah. Breaking news. Yeah, they'll be all right. Uh, okay. Let's get to our dark horses. There are none. Nope. <laughs> none. Clemson is such an overwhelming favorite to win the division that it kind of feels like every other team is a long shot. So let's just skip ahead to the long shots, Trey. Who's the first one? Yeah, our first long shot is Syracuse. The Orange, their over-under is 7.5, with the over being slightly favored at minus 135. So when you look at Syracuse, it's really unbelievable that Dino Babers got them to a 10-win season and a top 15 finish last year. I mean, I know the ACC was down, but it's still remarkable considering where they that program was with you know just a couple of years ago. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of buying Syracuse, uh, especially since that ACC is vulnerable. You know, you got Tommy DeVito at quarterback. He saw plenty of action last year behind Dungey, uh enough to at least give us a barometer. The the problem with him was he was a bit inconsistent. He was kind of Jekyll and Hyde all or nothing. Yeah. In his defense, the really bad game he had was against Notre Dame and that was a great defense, so Yeah, it's hard to hard to judge him on that one. It, yeah. Agreed. Uh, the good thing for him, as far as skill positions, most of those guys return three of his top four wideouts. They also have Mo Neal at running back. So I think that should help DeVito be a little bit more comfortable with, with guys to rely on. Maybe the only concern is some depth uh, issues on the offensive line, but I still, I still like this orange offense. Now, defensively, they should have one of the better defenses in the conference, you know, outside of Clemson. They have a couple edge rushers coming back in Robinson and Coleman that both had double-digit sack years. The secondary returns most of its contributors as well. Maybe the only concern is is at linebacker, but overall, I like the unit. And then finally, we all we don't really talk about special teams as much, but they return the Lou Groza Award winner and an All ACC punter. So all three phases look look pretty decent. So I'm going to go over on the orange. Yeah, people forget special teams, one third of the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I have, I guess, a differing view than you, Trey, on, on the team. I do like the defense. You, you brought up all the important pieces. Actually, you left out one, their, their young sophomore safety, Andre Sisco. Oh, no. <laughs> I haven't heard that in oh, like man. a decade. <laughs> More than a decade. Oh, shout out to Cisco. Uh, but I don't know. I'm a little bit more questionable on the offense than you are. You brought up the Jekyll and Hyde nature of DeVito last year. I think people are kind of penciling him in as as being really good. And I think we just don't know. I, I think that's more of a question mark than than people are giving it credit for, especially with Trey. You mentioned some of the maybe issues is too strong of a word on the O-line, but they do lose both tackles. That's got to hurt at least a little bit. And maybe we're underrating Eric Dungy. He was really good for them. His running ability was huge. DeVito does not have the running ability that Dungy did. So with all those question marks, I don't think Syracuse is a team that has earned that benefit of the doubt. So I'm going to take the under here. 
Okay, well, this is kind of weird. I'm going to go like, I'm going to kind of agree with Trey, and then I'm also going to kind of agree with Michael a little bit on this one. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, well, it's a little weird. It's a little odd. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's weird that he's going to actually agree with Michael, but. Uh-oh. I just don't think they're going to be quite as good as last year, but I still think they're going to go over seven and a half and get to eight. I like the defense. They have a lot of returning pieces. Linebackers, really, the only question mark. Seven out of their top eight D line come back. So they're going to be pretty solid on that side of the ball. Offense. Michael, you mentioned they lose three starters up front. They do get a transfer from South Alabama, Ryan Alexander, who's going to start probably a tackle. So that'll kind of help offset that a little bit. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Dungy's mobility. That's the main thing. I think that uh, that dimension, especially for college football, is huge. And DeVito doesn't have that. So that's that's a concern. But they do get uh, Abdul Adams. He'll be able to play this year. He's a transfer running back from Oklahoma. Had pretty good stats there. So I think that's going to help a little bit with the run game. So I'm kind of mixed. I, I'm, I'm, I think they're pretty good, but I don't think they're amazing. So I, I think eight and four is about right for them. Yeah, a couple of things I didn't mention. Reasons to think maybe they won't be as good as last year. They were 35th in Massey Peabody's rankings last year. So maybe they weren't quite as good as that top 15 perception that they had. Yeah. And, yeah. and then also, the biggest thing, they were fifth in the country in turnover margin yeah you, so love that's that. a stat. you love that i love well hey it's a stat that regresses it's heavily back to the mean it doesn't have to ryan it doesn't have to but it tends to <laughs> and it's got a huge effect on wins and losses so what, what happened to yeah. that texas tech defense a couple years ago michael what's that's your yeah i don't remember but ah, you were huge on that like they're just you were so low on texas tech's defense most of the listeners don't know that i bring up turnover margin all the time ryan okay yeah, so, <laughs> so let me do it yeah well they'll, they'll know after a few preview episodes Special teams, one-third of the game also. Have we mentioned that? Yeah, <laughs> you did. Okay. Uh, our next long shot is Florida State. Their win total is set at 7.5. The under is a minus-130 favorite. The start for Willie Taggart at Florida State has has not gone well. 5-7 uh, <laughs> and seven last year, of course, ending that 36-year bull streak. Recruiting really went as poorly as it can go at Florida State, I think. They were 19th. In the country and in uh, on twenty four seven sports, they didn't get any quarterbacks in their freshman yeah. class. Well, they got Hornybrook. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that helps. So, but really, that is a big thing, though, because had they not got that transfer, if if uh, Blackman would have gone down, they'd have been in real trouble. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah, things are bad. Things look bad right now. But I think Taggart can get it turned around, and I think it starts this year. The defense. Did struggle down the stretch last year, but they're going to get a lot better. Eight starters coming back. There's a ton of talent at every level. Marvin Willis, Marvin Wilson should be a breakout star at nose tackle. The linebacking core should finally be pretty good this year. They moved Nazrodeen to from safety to outside linebacker. That's going to help things. And then the secondary. Now, at times, it got gashed last year. Yeah, it was pretty rough. But it was super young. There's a ton of talent there. Jaden Lars would be, of course, coming back for his sophomore year. There's room for improvement. And speaking of room for improvement, yeah, the offense has quite a bit. It's limitless, endless, the amount of room to improve. They were terrible last year. But I think we all like Kendall Bryles. He's one of the best offensive coordinators in the country. He's got great skill talent there. Tamari and Terry at receiver might emerge as one of the best in the country as a sophomore. Cam Akers, of course, we talked about. Ryan has crazy opinions about him. <laughs> and James Blackman is... I think at the very least a solid quarterback. So let's just forget about the O line for now. It's at least got to be better. So I'm taking the plus money over. 
Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you here about taking the over on Florida State. I mean, obviously, they they got a lot of returning talent on both sides of the ball, 14 returning starters. You mentioned the defense, but I feel like they just kind of quote-unquote quit maybe towards the end of the year, and they're I don't think they're quite as bad as uh, they maybe showed or what people think. So I'll, Yeah, I don't think you have to put quotes around that. I think it's just fair to I, just say quit. Okay, fine. <laughs> no quote-unquote. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. All right. But I'm, I'm going to kind of touch more on the offense. I think we're going to be a size. We're going to see like a big jump from them. We already mentioned kind of Bryles, but they they really stunk it up on the ground game last year. They were 114th <laughs> in S and P plus rushing. That's just terrible. So hard to win many games when you just simply can't run the ball. But Bryles does that. He's, he's really good with it. Yeah, Hornibrick will 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 add depth as we mentioned. I don't think he's going to start. I, I like Blackman. Um, and Cam Akers is going to be good when he doesn't have people trying to tackle him three yards behind the line of scrimmage, I'm hoping. <laughs> but the, the, the O-line is going to get better. They have they got the transfer, Ryan Roberts from Northern Illinois. He's, he'll be filled in at tackle, most likely he's going to start. Uh, Northern Illinois, they generally have a good track record of running games, so I think that's, yeah. that's going to help. So I'm expecting a big jump from that offense and just from the team in general. So I'm going to go over. So you guys know, I one of my common sayings, I love buying low. So I'm buying low here on Florida State. Um, I really like, maybe not really like, but I like James Blackman. I think yeah. he's a bit underrated just because of the, the woeful offensive line. He doesn't been able to kind of shine, shine through. I think he will this year. Now on defense, Michael, you talked about how they, the secondary kind of got picked on last year. They gave up 30 touchdown passes last year. So, Obviously, I think the biggest key for me is the secondary improving. You mentioned some of the young guys. Another couple guys you didn't mention were Asante Samuel Jr. and Stanford Samuels. I think an additional year is going to help them. Now, when you look at the schedule, they open with Boise and Jacksonville. So I think that'll help kind of help us gauge how, how much the Knolls have changed this year. But after Boise, they have a very manageable schedule outside of a road date at Clemson and then at the end of the year with, with Florida. So with everything you guys have said, I really think the Knolls are going to bounce back and go over the total. All right. Cool. All right. We're, so we're all going over yeah. on Florida State. So Florida State's going under. Yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> uh, okay. Who's our, who's our next yeah. long shot? Our next uh, long shot we have is uh, NC State. And right now, their current over-under is being set at 7.5, with the under being the favorite at, at minus 140. Good year last year for NC State. Really good couple years here. They went 9-4. They have 12 returning starters. But to me, the main issue is going to be their offense. And that's the the reason why I think NC State won nine games last year is because of that that offense. Ryan Finley was underrated at QB, super efficient. Uh, Reggie Gillespie had over 1,000 yards rushing with 18 touchdowns. And their two leading receivers, Jacoby Myers and Kelvin Harmon, they each went over a thousand yards. All those guys are gone, and three offensive linemen. So I don't see how they don't take a huge step back offensively, even if they do have some decent talent coming up, which is, remains to be seen. Uh, Matt McKay is probably the guy at quarterback. He's a little bit more of a dual threat. I mean, it's up in the air right now, but I think he's yeah. the leader in the clubhouse. You got you got the former Florida State recruit Bailey Hawkman, of course, the JUCO yeah. transfer, he's and more then. Of a, to me, he's more of a game manager type from what I've what I've heard, but it, we'll see. I, it's not going to be Ryan Finley. That's just the, no that not, that yeah. I I would bet on that. That's a lock yeah. for sure. You know what? Let's lock that in. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, but the other guy in the race, four-star redshirt freshman Devin Leary, he's probably the third favorite. But yeah. But anyway, I, I just think it's McKay, and no matter who it is, they're just not going to have the pieces to work with. And I, I know their defense returns a lot, and they're they're going to be pretty good. But I, I just don't see. I think the offense is going to struggle. So I, I've got to take the under here on NC State. And I'm going to say they go with probably six and six. Yeah, I mean, I, I see it pretty much exactly the way you do. I, I have do not have high hopes for the offense. You didn't even mention they lose the offensive coordinator, Eli Drinkowitz. He went and right, took the right. App State head coaching job. So, so yeah, it's brutal. And, you know, there are some guys who can step up, especially at receiver. They got Emeka Mezzi. He should have a big year. But yeah, and the young guy, um, Thayer Thomas, he's they really like him. But but no, I mean, they're going to take a huge step back offensively, no doubt about it. The defense is going to make up for some of that drop off. They've got three really good seniors coming back. James Smith Williams and Laryl Murchison on the D line. Jarius Moorhead at safety. But ultimately, I, I don't think it's enough. Right. I'm going to go under. And I think the defense, while it might improve overall, it's, it might be hurt a little bit more by the offense of not being able to stay on the field as much as last year. No, that's true. You know, so. That's true. Also, the reason though, Ryan, I wouldn't go down, I'm picking them to go seven and five, which is still under and, and not six and six is the home schedule. East Carolina, Western Carolina, Ball State, Louisville, and North Carolina all go to NC wow, State. So it's going to be hard not to get five wins there. Okay. Yeah, the floor is is pretty high in terms of wins, but but yeah, I'm, I'm also going under. I don't know about you guys, but I'm I'm not the highest on Dave Doran. I just, I'm not. He hasn't broke through it having a magical year, but. Yeah, he's just kind of, he's solid. I feel like he kind of rode the, I think he kind of rode the Ryan Finley coattails and their offense. I don't know. Maybe I, I, I want to be proven wrong. And, and this is going to be his biggest test to date, uh, especially this year and then maybe going into, to next season. Not, but, uh, not to get too far ahead of ourselves. There's two pieces I want to talk about is one, the new offensive line coach, Garrison, John Garrison, he has his work cut out. He's going to need the new line, his line, to gel in order for this offense to have any success with a new quarterback. And then defensively, we all know about the mass exodus of talent that they've had over the last couple of years to the NFL. You know, you guys talk about how they return a lot of guys, but they were still 108th in pass defense last year. So they're going to have to improve quite a bit. So I'm just, I think the personnel losses over the last couple of years are going to add up. And my question marks around the offense, I think NC State goes under as well. All right. We all agree. One guy to watch out for that we didn't mention at running back, Zonovan Knight. He's going to be a true freshman. He was an early enrollee, four-star recruit. Apparently, he looked really, really good in the spring. So there's a guy to look out for. All right. Uh, okay. Who's our next long shot, Trey? So up next, we've got the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest. They're over-under set at five and a half, with the over being the favorite here at minus 145. So Wake had to deal with quarterback shuffling last year due to a combination of things, injuries, suspension, poor play. Uh, the battle between at quarterback between Hartman and, as you touched on earlier, Michael, the, the fourth bro, Newman, it, it's competitive. Uh, Newman, though, he did light it up in the spring, so yep. he might have the the upper hand there. Now, they are going to miss a guy like Greg Dortch at wide receiver. He really got that offense going. So those are some some big shoes to fill. Oh, yeah. Uh, the thought, though, out of weight camp is that six foot five Scotty Washington is going to do his best to do that, as well as sophomore Sage Surratt. Now, their defense, 
it's regressed in the last couple of years. Last year, it ranked 64th in S&P Plus. Bill, Bill Connolly actually mentioned how, how they fared so poorly against teams on passing downs, even when it was predictable. So they're going to need that to improve and are hoping to get more pressure with guys like Carlos Basham, who was near the, the top of the ACC in, in stuffing the run. They did suffer a blow by losing standout linebacker DJ Taylor for this upcoming season. So obviously that won't help. But uh, as far as their schedule is concerned, we're going to learn a lot about Wake in their first game when they face Utah State, who who won 11 games last year. They they also better get wins early because they finished the year with three of four games on the road against arguably the three best ACC teams in Virginia Tech, Clemson, and Syracuse. So I am going to call for, for Wake to go over five and a half, but it's going to be, it might be tight. Yeah, it might get a little tight, but I, I'm going to agree with you and say that, that they go over. I just really like the systems that they have in place there, uh, especially offensively. They are pretty unique to that conference and the fact that they, they're so fast. They play, they snap the ball like every 20 seconds, pretty much like it's more than two seconds faster than any team out there. So ACC defenses aren't quite used to seeing that pace of play and they have a lot of speed on the outside as well. So it, it does kind of wear out a defense. Um, so I'm, I, with that side of the ball, with the quarterbacks that we mentioned, I think they're going to be just fine. Question obviously is their defense, which has been horrible. They were, <laughs> they gave up over 33 points per game last year, 101st in the nation. Now, some of that is inflated due to the thing I just said that they, they play so fast. So there's multiple possessions, but it's, they're still not good. If you look at points or if you look at yards per play, which is kind of the thing that I like to look at, they were 86th. So still pretty horrible. Not, not great. Um, to me, there's three three good players on defense that are we know about. You mentioned one of them, the Basham on but then their two corners are actually gonna be pretty pretty good. Amari Henderson and Isang Bassi. Other than that, I'm not that confident. So oh, we'll see. Oh, but uh, who knows? Disrespect to Justin Sternod at linebacker, Ryan. Okay, well yeah. <laughs> and I, and I just wanna bring up one more guy, Miles Fox, a grad transfer from Old Dominion on the D line. He was very productive at ODU, so hey. Maybe he can help them beat Virginia Tech. I don't know. He's uh, a little undersized. Too right. soon. but uh, True. Well, the one guy we didn't really mention who was going to be their starting quarterback last year, Kendall Hinton. He he made the move to wide receiver. Yeah. he's might even start now. So we'll, we'll see how that happens, how that works out. Yeah, those quarterbacks in North Carolina like to switch positions <laughs> with, uh, yeah. who is it? Uh, North, North Carolina. Car- yeah. Uh, Surratt. Yeah, Chaz Surratt. Hey, do you guys, so their schedule... It's weird. They have so they they're they're non conference. They got Elon Rice. Yeah, I wanted to bring Utah. this up. I wanted. To, I know what you're about to say. Okay, so sorry, I did not take it from you. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, they got Elon Rice, Utah State, and North Carolina. Wait a second, Ryan. North Carolina's in the ACC. That's not a non conference game. That's <laughs> apparently it is this year. Isn't that weird? They agreed to games when they don't play each other during the regular season. So, have you guys ever heard of that? No, but this is the I first mean, time teams from a major conference have agreed to a non-conference game like this so it's not going to count in the division standings not going to yeah, count so weird really really weird really weird yep but anyway my thoughts on wake forest i think it makes sense that the win total is is set lower than last year given all that they lost of course trey you mentioned greg dorch he was their kind of do everything guy but i actually think the biggest reason for their success the last couple of years has been their improved offensive line it's been really good it was really good last year and it is much more of a question mark this season but 
They do return a guy, Justin Haran, at left tackle, who missed nearly all of last year. There's a couple other seniors returning, so I don't think it's going to take as big of a step back as it might look like on paper. And then, of course, our brother Jamie Newman is going to make sure the offense is great. So yes, of course, I'm I'm high on Wake Forest coming into the year. I think Dave Clawson's a great coach. He's going to get them to another bowl. So I'm going over on that win total, and I'm going to make that my lock of the ACC. Oh, all right. Wow. All right. Our next long shot is Boston College. Their win total is set at six and a half, and the under is a big favorite at minus 160. And it's it's easy to see why. The defense is what carried them last year, and they lose a ton. Defensive ends, Zach Allen and Wyatt Ray, off to the NFL. In the secondary, they lose Hamp Cheevers. Great name. Yep. As well as uh, both safeties. Love so, the nation in, in re- interceptions. Hamp Cheevers. Yeah, exactly. So I think they're in for huge regression on that side of the ball. And the offense is, I don't think, going to pick up the slack. Anthony Brown did get a lot better last year at quarterback. But to me, he's still a lower tier power five quarterback. And the O-line only returns a couple starters. So I don't know. There's just too many question marks on the whole roster. A.J. Dillon's going to have to try to carry the the offense without a ton of help, I think that's going to lead to an under. I uh, I agree with your your sentiments on Boston College. Under Steve Adazio, I mean, he's he- heading into his seventh year, and he's he's got a thirty eight and thirty eight record. <laughs> well, he's never won more than seven games, so I'm not I'm not too confident in this year, especially given all the losses that you talk about on the defense. And I really want to see. Hopefully, I want to see. I love AJ Dillon. I'm a fan of college football, so I would love to see him stay healthy all year and and be as productive as he can. But what you talked about, Michael, is I'm not, you know, the quarterback. I'm not just not high on Brown as much as as some people are. Just with that, mainly with the the eye test, just not a not very intriguing. But uh, if BC wants to get over that seven win hump or or their win total, it would dramatically help if they won in week one against Conference for Virginia Tech. If they beat the the Hokies, their non conference schedule is just pathetic. They got Richmond. And then they get to face Kansas and Rutgers, arguably the, the oh, those two are two worst. power five teams, Trey. Those are two power yeah. five teams. What are you talking they about? <laughs> I mean, great job scheduling that they can say that, but wow. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but they, they need really, they honestly need to go four and oh, because for the last five games are on the road and they include Clemson, Syracuse and Notre Dame. So yeah. I think the slate's too difficult. I think they only get to six wins at the most, not over six and a half. Yeah, I'm not at super confident in this pick, but I'm going to agree with you guys and go under. I mean, yes, the we deep- are agreeing. It feels like on every single team. <laughs> I know I wanted to change my pick here, but I'm I'm I already <laughs> we we don't we don't talk about it before. So no, we it's don't. Just, no, I, I'm already just, I I went with it, so I'm going to stick with it here. Yeah, uh, I say that I'm saying they're going six and six, but I do think they'll be competitive. Uh, and maybe in some of those games where they're maybe going to be underdogs, I, you are kind of harsh i feel like you guys maybe both are a little harsh on their offense anthony brown i think he may you said below average i'm gonna say he's a little slightly above average he improved quite a bit from his freshman year and i think he did he'll he'll make another maybe not quite as big of a leap as last year but another leap aj Dillon is a really good running back in the offensive line you mentioned mike they do lose four starters and that's concerning but if you look at what they have i think they're gonna be just fine they got ben petrula he was all honorable mention all acc Last year at tackle, he'll take over at left tackle this year. John Phillips is is a senior with starting experience. And they got a sophomore coming up, a center, Alec Lindstrom, who's 
had a really, really good spring, and Dazio is super, super high on. So they also at right tackle have Mike Vrabel's son. Exactly, he's supposed to be looking pretty. Tyler darn, Vrabel. He's supposed to be looking pretty darn good too. So I think yeah, the O-line, yeah, maybe I'm harsh on the O line. Yeah, I think the O line's gonna be better than you would expect after losing those types of starters. But the defense is gonna really, really struggle. So I do agree with you guys that I'm gonna, I'm gonna barely go under. Okay, so Boston College fans like you a little bit better than Trey and I, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I was trying to be positive, but agreeing with you, though. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Okay. Uh, well, you got you got uh, your work cut out for you if you're going to be positive on this next team. <laughs> yeah, this one's uh, it's a little harder, but I'm, I'm going to do my best. Okay. Louisville. They, they're uh, over-unders being set at three and a half, and the over is the, the favorite at minus 125. They do have quite a bit of starters coming back. They got 14 returning starters after is going... Is that good? Well, it, on defense, I think it actually is decent because some of those guys aren't slated to start, at least if you look at how they did in the spring. There's going to be, especially up front on the D-line, I think they're going to have, have some starters being passed up by some younger guys and some new guys. So that is probably a good sign for them. Um, a ton of people, including us, were, were pretty wrong about uh, Jawan Pass. Last year, I think uh, I think I, I saw one prognication where they were saying uh, Juwan Pass was going to lead the ACC in passing yards. Wow, that's almost as crazy as your uh, Cam Akers is going to lead the ACC in rushing this year. Uh, nah, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. Okay. That's going to age real well. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> but the good thing for Pass now this year is that Scott Satterfield has a proven track record of strong running games, and he sticks to it, and he had a lot of success with it at App State. And he's going to have talent around him. Desmond Patrick is, leads a very good group of receivers. O line, wow, they really, they, I, don't, I mean, hard to be positive. But <laughs> it's it's Mackay Becton who's a beast, Becton and, and, and nobody else. And their center Bentley, but um, yeah, 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 that's it. And they're, I'm going to let you guys touch on how poorly the defense has performed, especially last year. But I, I, I'm going to go over here just because I think Satterfield is a really, really good coach and. Getting to four games, I don't know, in the ACC, I feel like they can 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 manage it. So I'm, I'm going to go with a four and eight and they get over. So Louisville was far and away one of the biggest dumpster fires I've ever seen. And it's amazing <laughs> how it happened so dang quick. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Lamar Jackson apparently was uh, pretty good. Unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. Unbelievable. You know, Satterfield, he has, he's got his work cut out for him. I love it. I love what he did at App State. So I'm... I'm I'm saying he's a he's a good hire and he can he I like him for the future. Now, Ryan, you touched on the offensive line. They gave up 43 sacks last year, so that unit just has to shore up considerably. But I think it's similar to to some of the other teams we've talked about in the sense that they pretty much just gave up. Louisville just gave up towards the end of the year. They knew that the coach was getting fired. They, it was everything was just it was just a dumpster fire, like I said. Yep. Now the defense. Brian Brown is now the fourth defensive coordinator in four years. So they don't have, they're not, they're not stable there. Uh, they do return a decent amount of starters. So hopefully they can, they can turn it around and, and do better than the putrid display that they put last season. Personally, I, you know me, I like to buy low again. So I'm buying low. I think Louisville will uh, be a little bit sharper this year and get them over that three and a half wins. Yeah. I'm, I'm also going over really just because of, the new head coach you guys mentioned, Scott Satterfield. I, I really like the hire. I think eventually he's going to bring them back to respectability. So 
I'll, I'll put my trust in him and say over, but I want to bring up the quarterback. You guys mentioned Jawan Pass, but he's definitely not guaranteed to be the starter. No. Malik Cunningham, of course, is, is right there in that race. He's a really good runner, 6.3 yards per carry last year. So they also have the freshman Conley, who's supposedly in the race. Yeah, exactly. So that still remains to be seen who's going to start there, but, um, it's it's going to be a struggle behind that O line, uh, but they do have some some decent receivers to throw to. You got Ryan. You mentioned Des Fitzpatrick, also Seth Dawkins coming back. So, yep. You know that's about all positive I can say about Louisville. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, hey, they beat Indiana State last year. That was good. Remember that? Well, they also beat Western Kentucky barely, but they did. They yeah, it's a win. So, yeah, yeah, they yeah. almost beat Florida State. You know. Wow. Wow. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. That does it for the seven teams in the Atlantic. But Ryan, we still have a few more questions about the division, Trey and I do. So okay, let's put you on the hot seat. Okay, first question. If Willie Taggart goes five and seven, will he keep his job? Boy, it's, it's hard to fathom two losing seasons in a row and at FSU and a coach st- keeping his job. But I'm going to say that he would. Uh, mainly just because he'd still have four years left on his contract and he signed a six-year, $30 million deal. So it would take a ton of money to get rid of him. And how much money would they have left to, to go after a new coach? So I'm going to say that he would survive for at least one more year. Okay. Who is the under-the-radar player to look out for in the Atlantic? Uh, I already mentioned him this, so in, in this podcast a little earlier, but I'm going to say it's uh, Darian Kendrick. His sophomore corner from Clemson. He moved to a corner this spring from wide receiver, and by all the reports, it was a, a pretty seamless transition for him. So much so that he's in line to start uh, opposite AJ Terrell, and he's got all the physical ability you want. So he'll probably end up being a NFL type, NFL draft type corner uh, when it's all said and done. Yeah, with Amari Rogers tearing his ACL at receiver, who knows? You could see him on both sides of the ball. Yeah, both sides of the ball. Yeah. All right. How many teams in the division will miss a bowl game? Um, wow. This you know this may be a little bit surprising, but I'm just going to go with one. Okay. Wow. And that's only Louisville. Uh, there's a few teams that are super, super close. You know, BC, NC State to me. It wouldn't surprise me if pretty much any team other than Clemson missed a bowl. Maybe Syracuse would be surprising. But I'm just going to go with one. I'm going to say a few teams get to six and six. All right. Let's lighten it up a little bit. Which is weaker? Clemson's schedule or Michael's biceps? Oh, ooh, wow, that is an easy, easy question. <laughs> Clemson's schedule. Clemson's schedule. Michael's biceps. Oh. <laughs> I don't think the kid's lifted a weight in his life. <laughs> you know, can't disagree there, Ryan. Can't disagree. <laughs> no. I mean, at least Clemson's got A and M on there. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's true. That's a little something. Okay. Well, that'll do it for the hot seat. Thanks for that question, Trey. Uh, Let's close out the episode, as we do all preview episodes, with a questionable finish. As we mentioned, Willie Taggart ceded control of the offense over to Kendall Bryles. What's something you could do yourself, but usually call in an expert? For me... I, it's getting an oil change on my car. I mean, I know how to do it. I took auto shop in, uh, in high school. It's really not that hard, but I just, it's just really inconvenient, I feel like, to try to do it on your own. Yeah. So, no, that's true. That would be it for me. I'm going to say the college football bros graphics 
Sarah is in charge of all the images you see on Instagram, on Twitter. Follow us there at College Football Bros, at CFB Bros. Uh, but, you know, I could do it myself. It would be in Microsoft Paint, though, and would probably look terrible. <laughs> yeah, that would be rough. Yeah. I'm going to go with cooking. Uh, I'm weak in the kitchen, I'll admit it, but I can at least do some of the basics. Weaker than Clemson's schedule? Weaker than my biceps? Uh, somewhere in between. Somewhere in between. Okay, fair, fair. <laughs> uh, but I end up, you know, end up relying on others, either going to a restaurant or my better half to whip up uh, something uh, better than, than I would. After seemingly a full decade, Hunter Renfro is finally no longer at Clemson. Which active player in college football seems like he's been around the longest? Well, it's funny. We were I was just mentioning this. We were all the bros were together over the 4th of July and I was taught we were talking about Iowa and Nathan Stanley. I I, I feel like he's literally been the quarterback for a decade. <laughs> yeah, he's been there a while. Um so so I'm going to go Nathan Stanley. I considered him. I considered Steven Montez at Colorado, Jake Bentley at South Carolina, but I'm going to ultimately end up with Mason Fine from North Texas. Yeah. He's the active leader in passing yards in the country. It feels like he should. Is he really? Yeah. Wow. It feels like he should have graduated by now. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one, too. I thought about putting Fine on mine, but I'm going to go with uh, Shea Patterson just because maybe it's the fact that he's been at two schools. Yeah. And had to do that. Maybe that's part of the reason. And he was just such a big recruit coming out of high school that I knew about him before he even set foot on campus at Ole Miss. So I feel like I've known him for such a long time now. You know who it's going to be next year is, is Sam Ellinger. Oh, good yep. point. Good point. Yep. yep. All right, last question. Wake Forest, of course, might start a quarterback that shares our last name, Newman. But who is your favorite celebrity Newman? I'll go first here. I'm going to say Michael Newman. No. Who's Michael Newman? Oh, he's a very popular podcast host. I don't know if you've <laughs> oh, no. no, no. It was Michael Newman. He was a lifeguard on the TV show Baywatch. Wow. That was his real name? That was his real name and his name on the show. And he was a lifeguard in real life, too. He just played oh, wow. himself. Weird. <laughs> Basically. Sounds like a cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> so mine's not even a real Newman, but it's the Seinfeld mailman Newman. Oh, he's, yeah. He's one of yeah. the better characters out there. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, we all got called Newman quite a bit during our 90s. Hello, Newman. Growing up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah heard that a lot. Um, I'm going to have to go with um, Ryan Newman. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which but one? For real, yeah. The NASCAR driver, so. Okay. Yeah. I haven't really heard much about him lately, though. I've got to be honest. No, neither have I. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for our ACC Atlantic preview episode. We will be back in two days with the ACC Coastal. We'll also give our ACC Conference Championship picks. So be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you like the show, and we will talk to you in a couple days. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, Follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening. Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like Insta Confidence Boosters. The jeans come in a temp control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. 
And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores. Out now in paperback comes This Is What America Looks Like, the inspiring memoir from trailblazing Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. Readers will discover her unbelievable journey from refugee to immigrant to one of the first Muslim members of Congress. Her story is a true multidimensional tale of an inspiring woman and all the hopes, disappointments, successes, and surprises that make up the life of an immigrant in America today. Get your copy of This Is What America Looks Like at hc.com slash Ilhan Omar or wherever books are sold. Old.